This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! Oh yes, it's true! Valiant Central Podcast, episode 117. I'm Martin, and I'm solo because today I'm bringing you the Exo Manowar panel from SC Comic Con 2017. Uh, it was uh, it was pretty it was pretty awesome. I had a great time this weekend. Got to meet some new folks, including uh, our buddy Adam Alamo. Uh, shout out to you. He loves hearing his name in this podcast. Um, of course, Paul's not here because he was not there, unfortunately. Uh, maybe next year, but. Um, yeah, you'll get to hear Dinesh and uh, Adam Freeman, and a little bit later, Robin Diddy shows up to talk about Exo Manowar and how much uh, Diddy hated it. No, I'm just kidding, he didn't hate it. So enjoy the panel. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of days. I've got a Harbinger Wars panel with some really cool info uh, that I hope you all will enjoy. You can, of course, find Paul at Who's Paul on Twitter. I'm at Geekvine. The show is at Valiant underscore Central, and you can email hello at nerdlegion.com. Thanks to everyone who uh, has purchased a copy of the Valiant Database exclusive Exo Man War number one variant. Uh, you guys are awesome, and thanks again to everyone involved uh, in putting that together. So without further ado, enjoy the panel. Uh, so I certainly can be heard without a mic, and uh, occasionally Dinesh can get a little loud, uh, though usually it takes one of us getting him super angry. But um, uh, my name is Adam Freeman, I'm the Director of Sales for Valiant Entertainment, and uh, to my right is the CEO and co-founder and CCO of Valiant Entertainment, which... Co-founder is not entirely. Not entirely accurate. How's that entirely accurate? Oh, that's a 25-year-old company. It's a 27-year-old company. That's, How can I be the co-founder? That is it's a great... Panel you're at, Adam. Yes. <laughs> a valiant entertainment, I was very clear about which. I'll let you have it. All right, thank you. Does I, do I... Did I win, did I win that argument? Am I good? Okay, good. All right. I, I value your... You know, you guys are the judges. Okay. One Oh, whatever. Anyway, so we're here today to talk about uh, 25 years of uh, Exo Man of War. And, um, and uh, if you see me, I'm not actually answering email. I actually did we had a video presentation, but there's no way to put it up on the screen here. So uh, I, I get to look at it. Um, we would have broken it anyway. Impressive. Yeah, it's great. Impressive. Let's uh, show of hands how many of you are Valiant fans. Excellent. Yeah. I love you guys. Thank you so much. How many of you have never read Valiant before? <laughs> right on. Cool. Excellent. It's exciting. Well, so I'm going to read off some stats about Exo Manowar just so that, uh, you know, those of you who are new uh, and those of you who are, think you're going to win a trivia contest later can, uh, can learn something. Uh, Exo Manowar was created in 1992. <coughs> Uh, and there have been up to now over 8 million copies sold of X-Men Man of War. So, yeah, it's uh, Contributions from legendary creators, including uh, Bob Layton, Jim Shooter, Barry Windsor Smith, Joe Casada. Who's that? Joe, did I say that right? It's a key <laughs> Bart Sears, Brian Hitch, and, uh, you know, a few people who might live a little close to here, like, <laughs> Rob Venditti and Louis LaRosa, I think I saw, were here today. Uh, it's a, a story about a 5th century Visigoth who is abducted by aliens. With a, he's got a sentient suit of armor and is uh, stranded, stranded in our modern day. Uh, this suit makes him unstoppable, and he's Earth's most primitive man, wielding the universe's most sophisticated weapon. I have never given that pitch before in my life. <laughs> yeah, right? That, that was pretty smooth, though. I get it some. <laughs> but uh, just this last Wednesday, we began a brand new series, a brand new chapter in uh, Exo Man of War's life Exo Man of War number one. Uh, written by Matt Kent, art by Thomas Giarello, uh, with uh, upcoming art from Doug Braithwaite, Clayton Crane, Ryan Bodenheim, and Are you Ito Soyan. Are literally going to read the slides? I am really fucking reading these slides. <laughs> 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 13 sorry. You take over. I'm going to sit over here and not okay. curse. All right, I'm going to take over. That was terrible. 
<laughs> Thank you for seeing through it. Terrible. I'm trying to get you to a point where you're going to be loud enough for them. X Man of War. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to do you now. X Man of War is six foot two guys. <laughs> He's a guy. X Man of War is a flagship character in the Valiant Universe. Yes. He, it's the story of a fourth century Visigoth who had a blood feud with the Roman Empire. Uh, was abducted by aliens, held aboard their ship as a prisoner for many years. His only chance to escape was to steal their ultimate weapon, this sentient suit of armor that they worship called the Exomata War Armor. He steals it and returns to Earth only to find that because he's been on the trip on the ship, traveling fast and light for all these years, uh, so much time has passed outside of the ship that it's now the modern day. As he returns to Earth, returns to the Colosseum to see it in ruins, he's the most primitive man on the planet, yet he wields the war- the universe's most powerful weapon. Uh, I saw that. <laughs> uh, and it's been a tremendous book. We launched. It was launched in 1992. We have the classic omnibus here, uh, and that's Joe Casada's cover on, on the front there. And it was a massive success in the 1990s, uh, really something that uh, had not been seen before, this incredible clash of a Conan-like character with um, futuristic armor, something like Iron Man, but space-faring uh, in the vein of Green Lantern. So it combines a lot of traditional type of tropes in a way that hadn't been seen before. A real genre hybrid. Uh, again, huge success, uh, very venerated series. In 2012, we launched Valiant Entertainment. X Man of War was our flagship launch. It was uh, the first book we put out. Robert Venditti, who is here at the show, who I thought was joining us at the panel. I thought so too. Somebody go get Rob. How about that? Look at that. See? <laughs> snap your fingers and things happen. I might should have actually um, probably done that before I need to snap my fingers. Rob Venditti wrote X Amount of War when he gets here. If he gets here, he'll tell you all about it. It's a fantastic book. Um, a real modern masterpiece as far as we're concerned, but we're very biased. Uh, it ran 56 issues, which is a massive run in, in modern day comics. One of the most venerated series in the market. Uh, the last issue of his one, issue 50, uh, was the second best reviewed book of last year. What was the first? I believe that was fake. Not fake. No. What was the best review? It should have been. I don't know. Someone else. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> should have been fake. Uh-huh. Definitely reviewed much further out. We, we, we walked we, them out. Look at that. <laughs> See that? That's what our shenanigans did. All right. Sent them packing. All right. Cool. Let's see if we can get the rest of them in the walk. You're talking about fake. <laughs> I mentioned fake. That's what. Right. Okay, but this Wednesday, <laughs> it's past Wednesday. We launched Exomano War. We couldn't come up with a better title, so it's again called Exomano War. Um, and it was a massive success. So thank you all for supporting it, promoting it over the last couple of months, and for anyone that went out and bought it. Thank you for anyone that hasn't. It's a tremendous book. It was this month's best read book from any publisher in the market. Uh, tremendous success. We have copies here. This is the Borderlands exclusive, just for this show, I believe, or just for the, the, the just for Borderlands. Um, there's regular editions as well. We have three for anyone who's interested. Three uh, preview editions. Come by the Valley booth to pick one up. What can we talk about? Um, That's the history. That is the history of uh, of EXO. Uh, so where do we find him today? So today we find him. He is uh, he's just he has been worn out. So this is a uh, um, uh, his title. His title says it. He's a man of war, and uh, war has worn him down to the nub. <laughs> he's missing him. Anyway, okay. Um, Rob will be here soon. Uh, Planet Goran. We find him on Planet Goran. (laughs) And he is. We have not seen yet. And and Arik, Exomanowar, Sans Armor, is a simple farmer. He has got a blue tailed girlfriend. Tails hidden though. I guess I have to look for it. Um, She's also. The rest of her is blue too. And, not and, just her Yes, it's an important story point. Thank you. Uh, and he wants nothing to do with uh, with battle anymore because the armor has uh, brought all this warfare to him and it's brought nothing but, but uh, um, sadness in his life and he wants nothing to do with it. He's left Earth. We don't know why he's left Earth. The last time we saw him, he had uh, he was king of a, uh, a, a village full of people. He had a wife. He had responsibilities. He was the guardian of, uh, of Earth. He worked for uh, one of these. Oh, thank well, God! Woo! 
Oh, really? Thanks for doing it. Thanks for doing it. I was told I wasn't. Oh, well. How y'all doing? Good. Oh, is this the other one? I have. I'm going to get to it. So we, we were just talking about uh, the new book. About how I'm yesterday's news. But yeah. since you're here, why don't you tell them about your incredible run? Why don't you tell uh, them about XML? The mics don't work. Adam broke that. You missed that. I broke it. That's fine. And then he also sent some people packing. Yeah. Did you kick some people out? He was talking at the time when they left. You uh, mentioned Faye. I did. <laughs> he got a pity clap also at one point. Yeah, so you wanted me to I'm have a great panel. I run on XL. Yes. XML, what, what's XML like? What was writing it like? Uh, it was great to write, to write it. I had never done a monthly conflict series before, and so when Warren Simons reached out to me about pitching on stuff for Galliant, uh, I don't come from like a heavy comics background. I just started reading them until I was sort of in my mid to late 20s. So the first conversation we had, I said, not only have I not heard of any of those characters you just said, but I don't even know what Valiant is. Like, I've never heard of that. So I started reading comics after that. But when he said me, I just knew it was just a Yeah. Um, <laughs> I never noticed it. Is it the same on all the t-shirts? No. That no, no, reproduced a lot. You've changed it in some way. So, uh, <laughs> what could it be, guys? <laughs> so, um, when I when I read up on like sort of their main line characters, I liked a lot of them. You know, Bloodshot, Eternal Warrior, who I got a chance to write later. But XO was the one that really stood out to me because at least probably got the best something and you're just not going to get a lot of fifth-century Visigoth warriors and alien battle armor. So, um, I read the entire original run, which I guess this is about half of it. I was really impressed with the high concept of it, a lot of the characters and stories. I just kind of wanted to put a modern spin on it. When I started, I hoped that I would go 12 issues. I really hoped I'd make it 24, and I ended up going 56 by the time it was over, um, which isn't that long, I think, if you go back to like Silver Age standards or whatever, but by the modern era, that's a pretty long run, so I'm super proud of it, uh, I'm really glad uh, to have done it, and um, you know, I get asked pretty frequently, you know, what's it like having Matt working on it now, like, is it making Matt or whatever, and uh, first of all, Matt's, you know, one of my oldest friends in comics, he and I, you know, started out kind of together, um, but also, you know, when you come onto a book like this, I came after people who were working on it before me, right, so... You know there's going to be people who come after you, and I think that that's what is um, exciting about it, because you can put some elements in the toy box that somebody else can play with, and, and in that sense, you feel like you've left a legacy. Uh, Matt seems to have thrown all that in the garbage, <laughs> so I don't know if that worked out, but uh, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> but no, um, uh, so I'm excited. You know, I, I was at the shop on the day Matt Tissue came out uh, to buy one. I read it. I loved it. You know, I, I can't see the threads that he's pulling on of things that I've done. And, uh, you know, I'm just excited to read the character as a fan and to not know what's going to happen after having spent five years knowing every single thing, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, thanks to Dying for giving me the shot at it. And uh, aside from working on the character and, and you know, really learning how the nuts and bolts of writing a monthly comic, a lot of which Warren Simons had taught to me, teach me. Um, you know, I feel like I've made a lot of friends out of it too, like Adam, Ash, Warren, a bunch of other people that aren't even here. Uh, it's, it's just it's a great experience for me. Uh, it was really nice of you to include the nation in that list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ron, your, uh, your first issue of X Man of War. Yeah. Uh, really laid the groundwork for the entire Valiant Oaks. It was the launch book for the whole universe. I like to think I'm the catalyst for everything that Valiant's ever done. <laughs> Backwards and forwards. And all throughout time. Yeah. <laughs> um, your first issue uh, famously uh, sowed the seeds for a number of story arcs that you got to uh, then uh, bring to, to fruition. Were there any that uh, you didn't get to bring to fruition that uh, maybe uh, yeah. one day you would want? Sure. Uh, from that first issue, I only got to really check in with the Vine Baby that got left behind once. I never really got to go back and explore that. But in other parts of the story, uh, of the series, I guess one that sticks out in my head is 
at the end of uh, Dead Hand when the the box with all the genetic life forms in it lands on Mars. I was going to do a story about that uh, if I ever came back around to it. But I don't know. That's something somebody else could use if they want to. It's kind of the fun of, of writing monthly comics is you're always adapting to what you are going to be doing next. So, for example, when I turned in my pitch, I kind of had a firm idea of what I wanted to do. Ninja was not a part of that, you know? And so, like, when the second arc came along, and Warren Simon says, hey, you know, we want to introduce this character called Ninja in the second arc, I was like, that sounds like the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> but that's the challenge of it. He and I talked about it for, like, an hour, and then uh, I left him, and literally, I, he went into his, uh, he went into his hotel room. <laughs> we were in C2E2, and, like, I was walking down the hall to go to my hotel room. And I walked about 20 yards, I turned around and I knocked on his door and I was like, I got it. I just figured out how it all makes sense. And he was like, go write that down, don't forget it. Because you're right. And it ended up being one of my yeah. favorite arcs that I did, you know. So, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's the constraints and the unpredictability of it. It can sometimes be hard because you you have to do it every 30 days. And, and you can't miss the shipping and all those kinds of things. But it's the curveballs that I, I don't know. I, I really, yeah, that I really... Uh, Enjoy when that happens. It's a solver. Yeah. Yeah, the Anthony Check Hardware, which is available for fifteen dollars at the Valley Booth for anyone that hasn't read it. Uh, also in the hardcover. Yes, in the hardcover. Uh, it's my favorite. My favorite one. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's great. We fall down hill after that. Maybe she's five to eight with the key. But the key is, it was so high, you could coast 56 <laughs> I like uh, Exodus as one of my favorite arcs. Yeah, I like the Homecoming arc because I like all the stuff that Eric did in it too. So, what did, you, what did you think of the first issue? Of Metro? Yeah. I liked it a lot. Touchy, yeah, like, yeah. You know, is this one yeah. the whole issue? But no, that's not. We have a gold we have a gold edition here, gold book here. This is uh, for anyone that doesn't know, we produce small batches of gold logo versions of our books to give away to fans when they come to the shows and support us wear uh, uh, valiant t shirts, cosplay, come to the panels. We did not bring enough of this gold book for this show. We have plenty of other ones, Harbinger, etc. So everyone is going to get a password to go get a gold book. However, we do have one of these here, so we'll ask a question a little bit. Thanks, Ogie. That's a tribute. Yeah, I think it's a question. It seems to me when I read the first issue, um, and knowing Matt the way that I do and the kind of writer that he is, that in the same way that with my first issue, I had a bunch of subplots and plot lines that I laid down, and some I resolved in 12 issues, some I probably issue 50. I imagine he's the same kind of guy. Um, I can see where I think he's laying down a lot of threads that he's going to play with and, and turn on later. But again, the excitement to me is I don't know. You know, like for the first time, I'm able to read this character and I have no idea what's going on. So uh, I'm super excited about it. The art's obviously amazing. Um, the template's very similar. We, we just like the, the first issue that you wrote, talked extensively about how that issue was structured, and there are a number of uh, bullet points here that hopefully will come to fruition in, in a long-running series. And, uh, and there is even a big uh, first appearance hidden in there, a big cameo, just like your book, which had uh, the Eternal Warrior. Eternal Warrior's Warrior. first appearance there. Huh. There you go. Oh, is it a pre-existing character? Put you on the spot. Can I ask you to speak up a little more? Oh, sure. Oh, sorry about that. Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry about that. Also, there was, uh, my pastor used to ask us to uh, move toward the middle so that anybody can, can come forward, and there are a bunch of empty, empty spaces up a little closer. But yeah, we will remember that the guy in the Harbinger shirt back there still would like to hear us. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> um, a few things while we're on, while I'm talking. A few things to keep uh, in mind. We have put out over 600 issues on time, uh, mostly because we beat guys like Robert to death. Uh, it's why he always wears high collars. So you can see the bruises. Um, and uh, that's not true. That is absolutely not true. <laughs> anyway, uh, we uh, uh, are really proud of the fact we've never shipped a single issue late. 
And so that's part of the reason that we can say that Exo Man of War is actually going to come out on the fourth week of every month. So it, it came out on uh, uh, March 22nd, and we'll continue that trend with April 26th and May 24th, and so on and so on and so on. Uh, we're also going to be launching all of our other big launches in the same way that we did Bloodshot Reborn, number zero, came out with X01. Uh, we're up, next month we're going to be launching Britannia, We Who Are About to Die, number one, on the same week as XO. So once you, once you go in for your regular <coughs> XO fix, you can see what the big launch is, is the, at that time. XO Manual Wednesday. So That's going. right, XO Wednesday. We even, we even made up calendars for retailers so they can remember what XO Wednesday is. Um, there are uh, pre-order calendar. Calendar, look at that. <laughs> who, who, which retailer did you steal that from? Planet Comics and Anderson. All right, good. Um, not good. They, he needs it. Go take that back to him. What am I saying? Uh, another real quick thing. Uh, there are pre-order editions. Uh, uh, there was a pre-order bundle. Uh, that was available when you pre-ordered for issue one that got you additional content for one, two, and three when they come out, but you had to pre-order for it, or you had to have a retailer who over-ordered on it and will sell it to you now. Uh, there is going to be an upcoming pre-order edition that's going to be from issues four through nine. That's six um, issues, guys. So that's going to have an expanded, uh, essentially what they have is eight pages of expanded materials that you won't get uh, in the regular version, but it's the same price as the regular version. What was, uh, what was in the expanded edition of number one? In number one, we, uh, we, sh we had an interview with uh, Matt and, um, and Tomas about creating the, the new characters, the location. Talks about, um, we took the big double page spread from the issue. We had everyone involved from production to editorial to marketing, etc. talk about building the book. We uh, teased a little bit about what that secret character that we've hidden in here is, give you a little more, more clue. Um, and we'll be doing more things like that. And, and uh, issues four through nine will actually have a deleted scene. There's a scene that we're cutting from the second arc that we're going to get layouts built uh, for. And we'll put that in there as well. Uh, so make sure you pre-order cool. these. You have to pre-order them before issue four uh, IOD. We're doing the most of secret weapons, second period. Uh, also, uh, on a free comic book day this year, we're putting together a brand, a, a brand new selection of stories. So we're gonna put in two brand new stories into our free comic book day edition. They won't be reprints. Uh, these are going to be essentially additional chapters, um, and including an additional chapter for Exo Manowar. So issues one and two will already be on the shelves when the first Saturday in May rolls around and Free Comic Book Day happens at your stores. We were a gold sponsor, so if your uh, if your store is participating in Free Comic Book Day, they will have copies. So yes, it was really a huge honor when they selected us for that. Oh, look at that <laughs> amplification! Oh, sweet amplification! Thank you so much. What was it? Did I break it? The battery died. Ha! The battery died! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's fine. Yeah, exactly. I'd rather die than live to see your panel. I <laughs> awesome. What do I have to do? I think. And now I feel like I'm out of gas. I don't, I don't know. Can you repeat all that over again? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right from the beginning. Welcome to 25, 25 years of Exo Metal Wars. Are you guys going to make a second? Like, finish it out? Yeah, we are. Okay. We're finishing this one now as well. We're going to collect this in trades. Oh, the trades. Show about the trades. Yes. The trade program for Exo Metal. These are three issue arcs. The trades will hit with the start of the next arc. So issues one, two, and three will be collected. And on sale the same time and same week as issue four, and we'll do that continually. But also, just nine ninety nine for every trade, not just volume one. Every volume will be nine ninety nine. So we believe that strongly in someone other than Rob writing the book. <laughs> <laughs> not true. I said this wrong already. Um, that does mean that you can uh, convert your friends to being fans pretty much at any time, at almost any shop. Uh, they're going to they're going to be able to catch up and. and Binge and get caught up with you almost immediately. So, um, yeah. So I guess that leaves us with uh, some time here. Uh, Can we talk about this thing? Yeah, let's do. Let's talk about that. So this is this is just a little thing that we did that we promise we'll never do again. 
It was it was a big launch for us. We wanted to make sure we felt like this could be a book that would bring a lot of new readers, um, and half the audience here is not read a value book, so I think that 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 is proven a little bit correct. Um, so in order to get the retailers comfortable with putting a lot of copies on shelves so that it wouldn't sell out at 10 a.m. on Wednesday, new readers wouldn't be able to try it. We built this thing, which is a metal cover version of extra metal that was only available to retailers for a significant amount. I know a lot of people are curious about it; they haven't seen it, so we brought one here. Uh, there are not many of them, uh, but anyone wants to see it, come by after the panel, come by the booth, check it out. Does it talk? It doesn't talk. But we, should, we should talk about the talking panel. Oh, sorry. Uh, once again, it was just your template, the template we built with you. With the XML War, with Rom's XML War 1 in 2012, we launched with a similar program. Another big book for us, and we wanted to do something crazy. So we built the world's first talking cover. If anyone hasn't seen it, you should Google this. It was a, it, it's actually from here. It, it, uh, the, the cover had a, uh, a QR code that you could scan with your phone, which would take you to a YouTube uh, video where you could take the. Uh, you found it yet? No? Almost, almost. Almost. Talk slow. Okay. <laughs> take this phone. And you scan, scan to the, it still works in the hardcover actually. Take your phone and then you put it over here and it would be a talking mouth telling you about who Eric Dawson was. Yeah, Rob, Rob wrote a, a fantastic uh, monologue for the character, for Exo. Did he record it as well? Uh, that was um, we, we hired a voice actor uh, and Neil Adams of all people animated it for us. Uh, the little <laughs> fact. That should be one. Why don't we do it? Brad, Rob, do you have a trivia question <laughs> for the audience? For X Amanda? Uh, to give away the golden piece for the golden trip. No, we're not gonna Um trivia question, huh? Yes. Don't ask oh, him. Oh, he got laughed at. He got laughed at. What is the name of... <laughs> I think it should be a hard one. There's some real fans of this one. This I guy especially, his hand went right up in the ass of the pine baby. Yeah, obviously. I think because, because there are many people who are over at XML. To be fair to them, it should be a question that you know no one has the answer to, and they just have to guess. What is the name of, uh, oh, you don't have it. Of the, the dude who looks like a flying envelope, and he's one of the weird alien that <laughs> he looks like a flying two-dimensional thing. Oh, that guy's got an answer. Yes, sir. He's the postman. No, no. <laughs> I actually named all of those things. So when I was writing in a script, the artist would know which one to draw. I never named them in dialogue. But there's one fan I met somewhere where he brought me that issue and I hand wrote the names of all those characters and stuff. I'm awesome. So he's like the only guy who knows what they're all Wow. That would have been an appropriate question for you. Yeah, right. Like alien race, or no, just the name of the little dude. <laughs> the specific name of that character. You said nobody should know the answer. Yeah, they should guess. Somebody said something. No, he said like the envelope people. That's not right. That's an yeah. entire race. Is this so, an entire race of envelope people? Yeah, that's racist. They live in a two. He's <laughs> like a two-dimensional. <laughs> yes. They're so envelope people. people. Well, you know. Oh, that's a good answer. <laughs> that's, that's, that yeah. is what everybody calls them. Yeah. Yeah. But if you wanted to be an actual question, I'll just say, like, what's the name of mine? Tell me. Come here. Oh. You can't just shut down that, you gotta. Just go find yourself. Go find another question. Uh, Alright, guys, there's rules here. Alright. We're always gonna ask a question. Hang on, hey, let's. Put your hands up. I'm gonna let them think about it. I'm gonna let them think about it for a minute. You guys think it. You guys converse. <laughs> let's let's open this up for your questions, and then you know maybe if you can stump these two. If you have a trivia question, stand up. If you have a question about what we've been talking about, stand up. If you uh, are just so happy that you can finally hear what we're talking about, let us know. What do you got? Anybody? 
Yes, sir. So, what's the animal guy's name? Oh my God. It's It's a pain. P A N E. And so, like the little hummingbird that looks like a whale is Leviathan. Um, a big, a big gorilla-looking one was a uh, silverback. Yes, sir. Hey, where are we at in the bloodshot movie? Where are we at in the bloodshot movie? 25 years Axel Manowar, man. 25 years Axel You can ask that question. Yeah, that's where we are in the Axel Manowar movie. I'd like to know that. Yeah. Let's see what you start doing. Live or animal. Hey, look, I got another question. Hey, how about you? So, so since you've got Kent writing that book, and his style, his writing style seems to be, he has so many different things that he's writing. You know, he's writing Mind Management, which is nothing like Department 8, which is nothing like Rye, which is nothing like Ninjak, and obviously nothing like Exo. Do you, as a, as a staff, is it, is it difficult to kind of rein in the creativity that he's got? I mean, how much stuff does he come up with? Because I know a lot of the stuff he came up with in Rye, he was, like, he was just throwing this stuff out. I mean, how yeah, he's, he's an insane person. He just is the most creative person. It's crazy. He'll send pictures into us. We have, um, uh, he just created 26 new characters for us that we didn't ask for. <laughs> we, had, we had a specific, we had agreed upon point of view for a new story. And we said, okay, cool, we want to flesh out a little bit and get a pitch, completely change the whole thing, and create 26 new characters. <laughs> That's awesome. So we that instead. So stay tuned for that. That kid wants a door to What are they doing impression? Best impression? future with Exo. Are we ever going to, you know, where he was memorialized and all that? Are we ever going to revisit that era? I thought you were going to ask if Eric was ever going to fight Larfins. That would yeah. be pretty, That'd be pretty <laughs> awesome, too. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, I don't know, are you guys? I don't know how that works. Actually, uh, that issue has a spectacular importance to uh, what's happening in Exo right now, which actually what I talked about Why are we in that? <laughs> it's a big spoiler. You don't. You guys don't want to know. That's one of my favorite issues of the whole run that I did, though, because of his, his daughter. And uh, there's like one moment when he can hardly get out of bed, and the armor comes up and flies under his hand, and he kind of uses it like a cane almost, like he supports himself. Yeah, as he walks across the room. You know. But now apparently they each other. Maybe they'll reconcile someday. Two phases. Yes, sir. So where are we at in the timeline? Because I know you, you said a lot has happened since issue 56 to the first one. And if it said that in there, then I apologize because I don't remember. But yeah, where are we at now? Are you going to circle back? It's specific. He doesn't have a timestamp because the answer is the same answer as the previous thing. Which ties back to a world road and his book death issue. So I'd love to run it for you guys. It's awesome. It's hard, right? I have no idea about any of this. I know mostly about this, and that's totally in my head, Jared. I can't believe nobody has been able to find the name of the Yes! Yes! What can you tell us about that book that <laughs> isn't a spoiler? What can we tell you about this book that isn't a spoiler? Yes, let's talk about this book. Uh, it takes place in the Hunter Gorin, named after Hunter Gorinson. 
uh, because Ron was very kind to do something for him in one of his books, and we wanted to one up him, which he didn't. Which we didn't. He failed miserably. It's true. David Hunter admits that. Um, we can tell you that uh, that Matt has written uh, before this issue even came out. Matt had written 13 issues. Uh, that uh, they're all in production at the moment with obviously Thomas uh, drawing the first three issues, Doug Brayford drawing the next three, Clayton Crane on the next three, etc. We can tell you that uh, Arik continues to climb the ranks from soldier in the conscripted army on his alien planet uh, because he is a true warrior, uh, becomes uh, general and then emperor, uh, and then foolishly uh, starts an intergalactic war and visits it all. It's going to be awesome to see. Uh, we can tell you that uh, his band of uh, uh, soldiers that are in this issue will be with him for quite some time, including one of them who doesn't seem like he'll be around after sure have this issue. Uh, he will be back. Uh, what else can we tell him? We tell him that uh, Neil Adams came by the booth on his way in this week, this week and complimented Tomas Chiarega. That was good. That was cool. Right now, but since Matt is writing EXO and Ninjak, is there any potential for another crossover with this character? Ninjak is space. There is no plan for Ninjak in space X amount of crossover just yet, but it will happen. I promise to God it will happen. But it is no coincidence that Matt is writing Cosmic X amount of in addition to writing Divinity. In addition to some other big cosmic books that we've got coming out later this year, uh, we're going to be building out the cosmic side of the of the universe, and that's going to be helping us doing that. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Awesome. And there will be a, a massive crossover um, towards the end of uh, after the first year of X Matter War that we've been planning that is seated in this first issue and ties into that first appearance I keep talking about. So I'm very excited. So speaking of exciting, I mean, anybody who's read 4001 and heard that Matt Kent and uh, Clayton Crane are going to be doing the Man Award, or maybe just me when I heard that, but it's, that's incredibly exciting. Okay, I saw two more. Yes. Uh, two things real quick. In, in space, would Ninja have a purple spacesuit? <laughs> Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you deserve a second one after that. No, no, I'm, I'm just confirming. I'm not going to wear a purple right, space suit. Okay. Uh, with, with X, again, building on the other quest, with XO in space, is he going to be tied in at all with Harbinger Wars 2? Or is he going to be too busy out in the cosmos? <laughs> yeah, that's a... That's gonna be cool though, wouldn't it? Yes, it would. Twenty eighteen. Yeah, that's. I wonder if you'll be back by then. Seems like you were planning. Yes, sir. Are there any type of uh, unique creative difficulties that you guys have had taking a character like EXO moving forward when it seems that he has had a uh, maybe a plateau in his life? Almost worn down like the old uh, Tim Tony. It, it, it was very tough. Listen, Rob, Rob's, I'm going to say very nice about Rob now, but it's true. Rob wrote the definitive XML. The book is 25 years old, and some incredible creators have had their stamp on it, but Rob's XML is XML. And that's definitive now. Um, and it was a very difficult task to figure out what to do next, how to build an entry point, the way to take this character. Um, the one piece that we had is that the, the space was a place that felt uh, organic to the character and hadn't been explored in the same way that Orbit is from the world. So we knew we wanted to go there. But everything else was a, a very hard journey and brought some very, very great people like Matt Kent and Laura Simons, etc. But yeah, we all wrote uh, such a tremendous run. And that arc, not just, just from a ploy standpoint, but the character arc, seeing that guy be so brash and so foolish in the first issue. And then watching him learn how to be a king at the end of, of the run uh, is is one of the, I think, best um, characterizing more than comics. And then, of course, seeing him walk through it away here. And then learning why, again, I think this is Well, I think that, uh, again, not knowing what's going on, to the extent that you guys do in the US anymore, 
but like for me, I want to do one big long story. It did some things, like I wanted to examine the idea of faith and some other aspects, but really what I wanted it to be was a story about heroism and how the concept of heroism changes over time. So just an example I use a lot, like if we watch Braveheart and you know, he cuts off the head of the king's cousin and nails it to Edward the Longshanks, as viewers we're like, yeah, that's awesome because Edward the Longshanks is a jerk, you know, and Braveheart's a hero in that movie. But if someone were to do that in the real, in the real world today, they'd be a war criminal and it would be an atrocity, right? So how does our nature, how does our concept of heroism change over time? And we went through an evolution of that when we moved from Braveheart to the modern ethic that we have now. Eric had the benefit of none of that. He was in the fifth century and then he was in today. And he had a sword and now he's got something went vastly more powerful than Vietnam. So when you look at the whole arc from the beginning, he just rides into this army and his, you know, his dad's like, there's too many. And he's like, patience, I can only kill one at a time. He's going to kill as many guys as he can. To where we get at the end of the arc, where he's almost a peacekeeper. You know, he wants to find a way for the vine and, and human beings to get along. Like, that transition of, of him being a hero, even as readers, how we view him as a hero in issue one versus how we view him as a hero in issue 50 is a complete 180 but he's still a hero, you know? And so that was my long form story that I wanted to do however long it took and however much space I had. I'm sure Matt, knowing him the way I do and anybody who's read mind management or Dream Department H or anything, he's a very, very long form thinker. I'm sure he has his own theme that might not be readily apparent to us right now, but by the time you get to the end of his run, you'll be able to see this, this vast discussion that he made about some aspect of the character. So in that regard, I joke about him throwing out everything I did or whatever, but it's, it's not. He's starting over from a new place that will allow him to explore what he wants to explore about the character. It doesn't contradict anything that I've done, right? What, what Eric, we've had the examination of Eric in the meaning of heroism, and now Matt's going to use Eric to examine some other aspect of something. And uh, this is just the beginning of it. So there's nothing you can tell us about the movie. The extra movie? Yes, the extra. It's it's in the works. We got we got some exciting people involved, but uh, um, but if we said more than that right now, it would not help me. When do you expect it to come out? That one's that one's a little, much earlier in the process, and it's a tricky one. It's the one, it's, it's the biggest, arguably, of all, of all our projects that will be that we see. Yeah, and so the blue race and the sexual group, an awful lot of blue race and the war model. Is Eric just going to keep bringing other races to Earth again and again? It wouldn't work out that way. You know, you keep trying. You keep introducing blue races of people until you find the blue race of people that works. <laughs> it's just a matter. It's, a, it's just it's going to be systemic. You can't just like if you brought back more of the same blue race that didn't work. That, that wouldn't be smart. No, you got to try new varieties. See where the the thing. I feel like I'm going to talk myself into being really insulting here in a minute. <laughs> Know that the last answer that Adam heard was one answer, and then he then he gets this. <laughs> <laughs> That's this is it this is how you get. He didn't bring the vine to Earth. on their own because they believed that he was he's their leader and their you know, messianic figure, and so they followed him. So it's the other So how about that, Mr. Smartpants? Okay. Guys, <laughs> yes. thinking about any animation projects. I'm thinking about animation project right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, not at the moment. We, we, want to, we want to take it very slow and steady. Make sure everything we jump into is uh, we, we accomplish. And so the next step is uh, filming team. We'll go from there. Yeah. So I have more of an editorial question. Um, first, I want to come in. Give a note. <laughs> so, so. I want to commend you guys for, for, for not missing a ship date. I mean, in modern comics, that is astounding. And I think you guys don't get enough credit for, for doing that. But I want to know if there's ever been an instance 
where, where you didn't miss a ship date, you kind of wish me, I wish we had just pushed that back a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a couple. But if I may answer, yeah, after, please. Uh, I didn't want to touch that one. <laughs> there's absolutely been a couple times. Uh, various companies I work for, you know, but it, it's the industry. And the, but the way that I always look at it, and I always come down, uh, no matter how much I'd rather, you know, not have had to. Would have had more time to, to get things exactly right because anybody would tell you I'm completely neurotic. Like, mm-hmm. I read it over and 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 over until you finally take it away from me and then chip it. You know, like I will keep messing with it until you take it, take it away from me. Um, but, like, as a writer, you know, there's debate over like what the most important aspect of a comic is, right? Is it writing? Is it art? I think it's art. But what is as debatable is that the writing is the beginning of the training. And so unless if I do my job on time, nobody else can do their job on time. So I take the deadline and the schedule very serious because if, if I just say, oh, I'm going to go on vacation, I'm going to do whatever, I'm going to turn my script will be late, and that means my artist doesn't have enough time to draw the issues. If somebody else comes in and draws five of his pages, that means an anchor comes in and does those five pages, a different colorist does those five pages, and the anchor and colorist and artist who are originally supposed to be on that book, I just gave them a 25% pay cut. And like, how would you feel? If somebody showed up to work you this week and was like, yeah, we actually had somebody else do 25% of your job last week, so here's 75% of your head. Right? It just happens to artists all the time. But if you follow that on down the line, it's the same for the retailers. Like the retailers a lot their resources, expecting the product to be there on the day that their customers are going to show up for Wednesday Warriors to buy that issue. And it's the same train concept. If I, if I keep that issue and hold it back, the keeps that issue and holds it back to tweak it or whatever have you, then that retailer's resources are tied up in an issue that he didn't get that thing. You see what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So it's just a big number. I've done almost 20 issues of comics. I mean, 200 issues of comics in my career at this point. And I think I missed one ship date on one issue one time. And uh, it had nothing to do with me. Yeah. There was problems in the, in the process later on. So, I mean, that's you know, a 99.5% success rate when you get my stuff on the shelf so and I think if you view it from that perspective, as fans, how important that is, uh, you know, it puts it in perspective when you have a record like this. I don't think you've ever had a relationship with like ever, you know, historically going back in the night. Yeah, Valley's never shipped you. Like even back in the night. Yes. When you think about the enormity of that versus sometimes you almost get the feeling that other books, it'll be like, you know, you know you're going to buy it eventually, so we'll give it to you when you get it. <coughs> It was fun though to be overwhelmed, all that stuff about it. 
and uh, I spent probably two days trying to figure out if King Alaric's saddle in issue one should have stirrups or not, you know, things like that, which really fun to kind of fall down the road, obviously. The new run, Matt Front, um, is he shooting for 57 issues? That's the kind of jerk off he is. Earth and 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 it's up to how successful you guys think. Once it starts to get about 49, I need you guys to take it. Right? <laughs> 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 yeah. We'd love to listen to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> we could just publish issue 57. <laughs> <laughs> All I know is I get to hold the record for at least three years. Right? Yeah, four years. Like this. I think you'd be holding that for a while. It's a good run. I think it's the longest anybody ever worked on any one character in all of that. Yes. 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 Longer than all the back of the night. Longer than the end. Yeah, please. Anyone know different? It is the longest, right? Yeah. It is. You should, you should sign 54 right now. Just that longest ever big stamp. He did a lot. Any more questions? All right. All right, should we give them the password? I think we should. Uh, so, as um, as should come to no surprise to some of you, but definitely a surprise to everybody who's already left, uh, one of the things we do to thank you for coming to the panel is we give you a password that you can come back to our booth and whisper sweetly into the ear of one of the staff members. It's a secret password, so don't yell it out loud. Don't. Don't. Okay. Um, we, we create these gold books for people who are uh, cosplay, in our t-shirts, who do extraordinary things for Valiant, and to come to our panels. So today, you go back to, the, uh, to our booth, and you find one of the staffers, and you whisper into their ear. Let me decide. We went through several days, didn't we? Just say something. What do you guys want the passion to be? Woody. Envelope. Envelope. I like the envelope, man. Alright. What was his name? Pain. Pain the envelope, man. Pain the envelope, man. There you go. We did that together. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for coming out and uh, goodbye, Axel. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.